You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your post-game Cleveland Browns, Locked On Browns episode, victory Friday episode of Locked On Browns. Congratulations to Coach Kevin Stefanski on his first win in the NFL as a head coach. First win, obviously, as part of the Cleveland Browns today's Lockdown Browns postgame edition victory Friday edition is brought to you by the fine folks at Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Like I said, Cleveland Browns, 35-30 victory win over the Cincinnati Bengals. On Thursday Night Football, Coach Kevin Stefanski, his first NFL head coaching win. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Lockdown Browns, along for the ride. As you guys know, on post-game shows, Mr. Pete Smith, at underscore Pete Smith, from Sports Illustrated. Pete, a nice blend today. And I think a lot of the sour tastes of Sunday washed out. Look. Ravens are good. We all knew this. We all knew this going into it. Do we think the Browns gave their best performance Sunday in Baltimore? Perhaps not. But we'll start on the offensive side of the ball. Pete, the the skill is deep. And I did some radio spots here today, you know, talking about, you know, feature these running backs. And this is the way it's going to probably go. You know, there's going to be weeks where the wide receivers probably eat a little bit more or Odell eats a little bit more or an Austin Hooper eats a little bit more. But tonight, with a team like the Cincinnati Bengals, missing some of those guys up front that are were brought to uh, you know part of stopping the run game, weren't there. Take what's given to you, but Baker Mayfield more efficient, more efficient. Uh, yeah, and Pete will get to that interception because I'm sure Pete's got a, a thought or two on that. But Pete, just a more sound effort on the offensive side of the ball today from this this Browns offense and Pete the offensive line not much time together five is one but looks promising yeah I mean everybody wants to talk about Chubb and 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 Hunt and how that should be the basis of the offense and I don't have a problem with that but I really do think the offensive line is the offense um they were fantastic and and that's without jack conklin because he was active but didn't play and chris hubbard didn't miss a beat i thought jerry rick wills was outstanding in his second start and this is not a slouch opponent i understand that Geno atkins was out mike daniels was out and those are huge losses you know atkins has been a just a consistent pain to the browns since he's been in the league he's a multiple time all pro uh you know it should be another Bengals Hall of Famer, I think that'll put them up to two because none of their players ever get in other than Anthony Munoz. Uh, that That is what the offense was. Yes, they ran the ball for over 200 yards, and then and, and that's good, and that's something they should continue doing. But 
that offensive line also protected Baker Mayfield and really allowed them to sort of engage that stretch play action look, which was effective, and a number of other things that look like staples of this uh, the, the, this offense. Whether you want to you know go to you know what what he was doing in Minnesota or really take it back to its roots into Mike Shanahan, but that was a far more representative look of what this offense should look like and. You know, Baker Mayfield got greedy on the one pass. There was an open guy in the flat, and if he threw it up uh, over the head, he he probably gets that touchdown that was picked off. He didn't see that defender. Uh, clearly, it was a greedy throw, uh, it, and that was a mistake. But other than that, he was tremendous. His accuracy was far better. His, the ball came out of his hand much cleaner, much tighter. There was no, you know, they, they, these were all nice spirals with good velocity, whereas last, uh, you know, against the Ravens, I think he was trying to overthrow with his upper body and not trust his 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 uh, core and his legs. And the ball kept coming out, uh, you know, sort of wobbly. And there were a bunch of passes that were off target. And he put balls in, in spots that were just great uh, that allowed his receivers to be, you know, put in positions to succeed, you know, maximize plays after the catch, those type of things where it really looked like, this was sort of the the Mayfield that, that people were hoping to see come back. If you want to call it 2018 Mayfield, this was far more of that 2018 version of Mayfield. Um, and, you know, the Browns were were efficient in terms of their, they you know, they, they scored three touchdowns on their first five drives. Uh, they, they were averaging a significant amount of yardage per play. Uh, and, it didn't matter. There were plays that were certainly targeted. To go to, and he had a great game. He only caught four balls uh, on six targets. He probably, it looked like he got robbed on one pass interference call that wasn't made when his jersey got yanked. But he looked like Odell Beckham. And the 43-yard touchdown pass was great. But to me, it was the 19-yard uh, pass underneath where you saw him really use his athleticism and his agility and look to me more like the Odell Beckham that, that I think this team was expecting when they traded for him. And it, but even then he was the leading receiver with like 74 yards. Their second leading receiver was 46 yards. That was Jarvis Landry. He was targeted three times. And that's something I hope the Browns we get into it. it I don't want to be dealing with, well, so-and-so only got so many targets when you're good. You don't think about targets. You only think about, you know, putting your, team in position to succeed if somebody gets a bunch of targets because they're open and they can make plays great i don't care if that uh Kadero hodge who you know after i hated seeing his face uh the first week of the season he was good not only was he able to complete catch the two passes that were made for him and one of them was a free, freaking dime uh that was sort of in that corner uh, but yep. he's a really good blocker like he gets after it. Uh, and I thought the Browns weapons in general got after it. I thought Beckham was a good blocker. Landry's a good blocker. Austin Hooper's a great blocker. And I thought they, they, they took care of each other from that standpoint. So, um, you know, people can get caught up in numbers. Well, Mayfield didn't throw for 300 yards. I don't think there's any reason he, he couldn't have, uh, if the defense gets the ball back quicker. Um, I, I imagine he would have, but the fact is that they, they didn't worry about, individuals they worried about what was going to get them the win they needed to get the win and they handed the ball off because that was the best way to do it and they used that to sort of allow them to create plays but 
to me, it's about all about the offensive line, and it's starting to remind me of the Hogs of Washington in the 80s. Uh, yes, they had uh, a, a great running back in John Riggins, uh, but the offensive line was the identity of that team, uh, and, and Nick Chubb is great. But this is why when, we, when you talk about potentially – uh, about a contract extension, you can see the avenue where the Browns might be like, we're good. We're going to find somebody else that can run behind this group. That doesn't, that's no slight against Chubb. He's fantastic. I mean, he dragged uh, a couple guys to the end zone uh, on, on a couple of his runs, but the offensive line is, is the key. And, and Bill Callahan was a huge hire for this team. And, and you're, you're seeing the dividends pay off. I think Wyatt Teller um, was a guy I liked coming out of college. Uh, I thought he was better than Austin Corbett and, you know, coming, he obviously had to make the switch from left guard to right guard this, you know, last year on the fly and it was tough, but he sort of stabilized the line. And now with a full season to just focus on right guard and benefiting from the addition of Bill Callahan, he's playing like he has never played before, which is to say that he's always been weight room strong. He's been a guy who's, he might, you know, I wouldn't surprise me if he puts up some of the highest, if he, just puts up the highest numbers of any of the offensive linemen on the team. But in terms of like translating that to functional strength and really driving guys down the field, you know, that's never sort of been there for him in the last two games. He's been a bulldozer and he's been fantastic. And for a guy that people were worried about, and I, and I still think uh, Drew Forbes might've beaten him out because I think that highly of Drew Forbes, but Wyatt Teller has been tremendous. Uh, and, and now, you know, you, you hopefully get a Jack Conklin healthy, back uh and you have five tremendous linemen jc trader is is great joel batonio is great i mean i don't know how much you need to set that other than those two guys are great and you expect them to be great well pete one day uh, i'll sit you down i'll take you out for a you know an ice cream cone with some jimmies and we'll fire up the betamax and i'll you know actually talk to you about you know the hogs that were the washington redskins back in the day because you know you were just a kid in short pants back in those days but I think the thing you see about the offensive line is I think you have a group of five that are – they're just not guys who play it. They're guys who are passionate about the position and guys who are intelligent about the position, and I think that showed well today. And I just want to get to this on the offense, and I'll just drop this in before we get to it. This There's going to be weeks where you do not know what's going to come statistically from this offense in wins it, it, because – it's so varied as far as guys that can put up performances. We haven't seen the best of Austin Hooper yet. We certainly haven't seen the best of Odell Beckham yet. Jarvis, he just, Jarvis just kind of does this like Novocaine thing week in, week out. He gives you what he is. We know what the running backs can do. It's going to be, you know, uh, you know, whatever is working week in, week out as far as what succeeds as far as the skill guys go, because, they are that deep. You don't need Baker to throw for 5,000 yards. You don't need to put him in the realm of the Mahomeses of the NFL. Baker doesn't need to do that. There is so much varied. But I will go to this. And this is where, Pete, I've been talking about you know, where do they come together. And I think this last drive where you know it got close, 28-23, and the point of it all was is we need to find a way to either score or close this game out. And here it is. We got two really great running backs. We're going to shove the ball down your stinking throat behind our great offensive line and two, uh, you know, maybe two of the top 10, top 12. I'm not going to 
bicker on that. We're going to shove it down your throat. Do something to stop it. And I think that's a coming together moment because, look, throwing the ball around the field is great and everybody loves it. But when you can just impose your will on somebody through running the game, you know, through the running game and breaking tackles and those type of things, that drive right there that made it 35-23, that may be something that this team can build on everybody in the room together and go into with 10 days off and feel, hey, I believe in you, I believe in you, you believe in me, and maybe this is a step towards the right direction. Yeah, I, I fully expect that this team will have more of a hot hand approach with running back. But in this game, other than Kareem Hunt catching that touchdown, uh, you know, from, from Mayfield that was completely uncovered, they went with a, a starter closer approach. Uh, Nick Chubb was the dude for three quarters. And then that last drive and really the fourth quarter, uh, most of all, they just said, Kareem Hunt, get in there. You're fresh in the game. And he did. I mean, he, they, they ran counter, he blew up for, uh, I'm guessing that was the 33 run. Um, and they just kept handing it to him until he crashed his way into the end zone. And I, and I agree. I think when you are up and you, you, you're getting into that sort of, you know, closing time style, four minute drill, uh, four minute drill where you're just trying to take, uh, you know, time off the clock. The Browns said, now nah, we're, we're, we're just going to score again. And they, they basically said, look, this is what we are going to do. We are going to run the ball, try and stop us. And they just bulldozed their way in the field. And for an offensive line, there's nothing better than that. Like that's the stuff you, you dream about being able to say, you know, we're, we're so, we're so much stronger and more effective than you that we can tell you, not only can we tell you where to run the ball, we can tell you where we're going to run the ball and you're still not going to block us. And that's, that's, that's largely what happened. And, and that, you know, you, you, you go out there, close the game and, and you basically have the mentality. And I think the Browns had this most of the game. Uh, and that's what I, what I always differentiated when Mayfield was good. Uh, starting with the Jets game. Uh, when he first came in, they had room for error. Um, you get a holding penalty, you get a a weak penalty call on uh, White Teller for that blindside block, uh, and you end up get moved back for whatever reason. It's second and twenty, or in one case, it was second and twenty four, and it never feels like it's too much with Baker Mayfield playing well. It always just feels like okay. It's second and 24. We're still going to get this. We're going to figure this out. And we're going to go. And instead of getting, and, and you see this with how fans react. Uh, if you're, if you're watching on social media, or you, you, you know, there's only 6,000 people in the stands, but, but when there's people in the stands, there's sort of this sense where when the Browns aren't playing well and they don't have that, that dude at quarterback that when it, you get a holding penalty, it feels like the drives over before it started. And that, that is, that mm-hmm. was the case against the Ravens. Even just last week, where or Sunday, not even last week, Sunday, where they got a holding penalty and felt like the drive was over. Oh, they got a holding penalty. I guess we're going to have to punt. You know, they they get go back or they have a mistake, and they're just like, okay, so it's ten more yards. We can get ten more yards, and they do. And they just it's just a speed bump as opposed to you know a, a wreck where you know you you always have this mentality of. Okay, I'll get the next one. And that's when Baker Mayfield is truly his most dangerous is when he feels that confidence. And I, you call it swagger, you call it whatever you want. It's just 
I, I think it's just him being confident in what he's doing and confident in understanding where the game's going and confident in understanding what the, the game plan is. And when he's that way, which is often what you saw at Oklahoma, he's pretty unstoppable. And, you know, he had the interception, which was, you know, not a good, not a good uh, decision by him. Uh, there were better ways to make that play. But overall, it felt like when the Browns got the ball, they were going to do something with it. And that's, that's the main difference between, you know, that, that Baker Mayfield that was at the end of the, the, the 2018 season and the Baker Mayfield we saw in this game and some of the other games, particularly in 2019 and then against the Ravens where it felt more helpless. A little confidence. And I think that was more of it today. And it started with it. It ended with it. I think the interception, uh, you know, uh, obviously on the deep throw over the middle near the goal line to Harrison Bryant, it almost felt like, and Baker's always going to be this guy. Like he's kind of got like a heat check, like, you know, how on am I today? And I think that was part of the interception. We're going to flip it over here. We're going to talk a little bit about the Browns defense. Um, Not the greatest of efforts, but keep in mind, obviously, this Browns defense was, you know, down some folks. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on your postgame victory. Friday, Locked on Browns. Visa knows that local businesses are the heart of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going the extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, Local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Pete on the defensive side of the ball. And look, Olivia Vernon not playing today. You know, more folks being involved in the defensive line. Again, you know, the secondary. Kevin Johnson, we've known week to week. If Kevin Johnson's not practicing on Tuesday or Wednesday, we're not going to see Kevin Johnson. Greedy Williams, um, day to day, it's been a month. But players stepped up today on the defensive line. Whether it was a Porter Gustin, Porter Gustin, whether it was a Sheldon Richardson, and I'll tell you right now, um, it was almost like somebody tugged on Superman's cape early, and Sheldon Richardson, as athletic and strong and quick as he is, somebody pissed him off, and he seemed to step up after that. And Miles Garrett, this is the probably the enjoyable part of watching Miles Garrett. Sometimes it's not there, and you're wondering where it is, but he can just make the Jordan moment in one game. And obviously he did that this evening, but this defensive line, Pete, we're still not all the way there with Olivia Vernon, not being there tonight. And keep in mind, Andrew Billings still is not part of this unit will not be a part of this unit this year. There's talent there. There's skill there. And they were able to put forth a continuous effort today on Joe Burrow. Well, look, I mean, the defensive line, at least right now, I mean, it has to be good. It has to be great for them to stop anything because, if, you know, other than Denzel Ward, they've got nothing uh, at linebacker and in the secondary. And injuries have played a major role with that. Grant Delpit being down for the year. Uh, 
Greedy Williams, uh, Day to Christmas Day. Uh, you know, Kevin Johnson. <laughs> Kevin Johnson might be the biggest loss of that group because he's he's just an exceptionally good over corner um, with the last three deliver. Well, the thing was, well, the thing is, is if Greedy wasn't able to play, Kevin Johnson would be covering him. But now you're out both of them. But go ahead. Yeah, Terrence Mitchell's fine. Um, you know, he's not bad. It's just if Terrence Mitchell isn't he's like in, on Terrence if he's not insurance. on the boundary, he could potentially be in the slot. Yep. Uh, but the yeah, I mean, you you are down four starters uh, when you add him, Jacob Phillips. Five when you add in Olivier Vernon. That's a lot of guys to, to lose on one side of the ball, and some of those guys are hopefully coming back quickly. Uh, that would make a big difference, especially with a week and a half off, uh, you know, there's some element to this where, where teams sort of plan for the idea that, you know, when you have that short week that we're not even going to try with this, which may have been the approach with Jack Conklin, that he may be able, may have been able to play, but maybe it may, would have made things worse or at least risk being, things being worse. So, you know, a week and a half is going to tell a lot about this team in terms of their health. I worry about Adrian Claiborne with the hip injury, which is one more loss, but the fact they immediately pronounce him out, that's never good. Uh, you know, usually guys sit there questionable forever. Uh, even if, you know, there, there can be things hanging off them and occasionally they're still listed as questionable, but they, 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 they didn't waste any time. Uh, but right now, I, I don't know what the Browns see. Uh, I, I can tell you what I see. Tavier Thomas is a very good special teams player. And he plays his ass off in terms of effort, but he can't cover Jeff right now. Uh, he just nope. doesn't have the sense. And there are times where it just seems like he just doesn't see it, or, or it's just he no, he just doesn't have the lateral quickness. That's what makes him a good gunner. He can run down the field a hundred million miles an hour and be productive with this. And even with the nine solo tackles that he had tonight, that's fantastic. It makes him a nickel or dime player. It doesn't make him a guy who takes 40 reps a game. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, people may applaud him and go, hey, nine tackles. Well, like the first three were the first three plays of the game when Joe Burrow went at him three times and easily completed yep. those passes. I mean, hell, the, the fourth, first fourth and five or fourth and four, immediately found where Tavier Thomas was and went right to him yep. first down. I mean, that was – it was basically the, the and we knew it was coming, was. and we knew, and you and I knew we knew it was coming. Where's twenty? This is you know the find the turd mentality. Yeah, the, exactly. They find the turd. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that could happen that has nothing to do with injury is 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 Ronnie Harrison getting comfortable. Uh, I, I don't know where he's at, sort of in that process, but he's a guy who can potentially. And where the hell is Sheldrick Red one? Well, he certainly wasn't in on that touchdown pass to CJ Uzama. He he was he missed uh somebody missed the assignment there that didn't pick him up. I think it was him. But you know, MJ Stewart, it may be a, a health thing. I don't know. I don't know if he was in on specials that whole time and I and I just didn't see it. Uh but maybe that's what they're waiting on in terms of that. But you can't tell me that Tavier Thomas is an acceptable slot where you've watched him for two weeks and he's just death. You know exactly what's going to happen when he's targeted, and he's not the only one. There are other guys. Andrew Sandejo is out of position. He's a free safety when he shouldn't be. He's he's a slot guy. He's been butchered. And it's not always his fault. There are times where he has good coverage, and they just find him to get beat. B.J. Goodson looks awful in coverage. Uh, 
which is his history. I want the August. I want the August version of BJ Goodson back because this guy looked like he was going to be a star in this linebacking unit. And I don't know if he was like you know sneaking into the offensive Zoom meetings, but um, yeah, BJ Goodson and to Peter Bukowski who covers the Packers and the folks who cover the Giants. Yes, um, yes, the real BJ Goodson has stood up. Well, I, and how much of that is based on the fact he had the absence for a while? He was gone for a while. I don't know. Uh, what I do know is he's been bad in coverage. He can he can make some tackles, but he's bad. Sione Taki Taki. I don't even know if they put him in coverage. I, I, you know, for for all the talk about this is the thing we're working on. This is the thing he didn't do in college. He at got all. dusted once, I believe, it was Joe Mixon on the Texas route. He got dusted bad. Yeah. So I mean, most everything he's doing is playing forward, and he's very good at it, but he's just doesn't offer you much so losing jacob phillips losing mac wilson malcolm smith is he's there he's he's a you know I, I, he's not a starting football player uh so i mean they're hurting in a lot of areas so that right now you know the, the 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 defensive game plan is kill the quarterback before he kills you and miles garrett had obviously the strip sack and that's the one big play but he had nine pressures i mean he was beating the hell out of poor bobby hart and yeah. uh Fred Johnson often double teaming. Uh, he just started bull rush. Most of the game, he was bull rushing to to. Well, that was the thing on the strip sack. I, there were three guys around him. I don't think anybody literally physically touched him. Yeah, I mean, look, you. This, this is why I I wish they did this more. Is put him at the three, and obviously having a healthy Olivia Vernon or Adrian Claiborne makes this easy. You, you easier you you have Adrian Claiborne at right end you put Olivier Vernon at left end or Port Augustin I don't care uh or Joe Jackson I don't care and you put Miles Garrett at the three and you just say what guard is going to block him well it's not Fred Johnson he, he, he didn't block anybody but he certainly didn't block him Sheldon Richardson you know this was the guy I saw all camp um or, or the early part of camp where he just would short circuit the offense by himself they couldn't deal with him uh, it's never been about ability. It's always been about consistency. Uh, when he is going and that engine is burning hot, he is dominant. Uh, and that's what you saw at times in this game. He just beats people up and he, he just, he, he's a problem. He's a one man wrecking crew at times. And the, and the stunts they can use with him, uh, the, the sack he had on Burrow, which was Burrow's fault, but they just did a stunt had, uh, Miles Garrett go, uh, down and then uh, uh, Richardson went looped around and I think Burrow was just genuinely surprised at how quick he was because I think he thought he could you know sort of uh, make a move and, and make a miss but Adrian Claiborne had they're at least calling it right now one sack uh, they're calling the the big long uh, miscue on the snap a tackle for loss but he's great and I still don't understand why that's not a sack but whatever uh, Losing him would be devastating because that was, you know, that's why you got him because you didn't want to have the Chad Thomases of the world who couldn't rush. And Adrian Claiborne's 280 pounds and he's a tremendous pass rusher. Uh, and he's been good through two weeks. So I, you know, we'll see what happens. I hope, I hope he's back quickly. I like what I see from Port Augustine. I'm hoping, you know, Joe Jackson can continue to come along and play well. Vincent Taylor just needs to continue to get comfortable. I think Larry Ogunjobi, continues to look good. I, I with my concern is always with Ogan Joby is that he gets worn, he will get worn down. That's why I, I really want Vincent Taylor to get up to speed, but so far Ogan Joby's a problem. He is disruptive, he's quick, 
He puts pressure on guys immediately, and the Browns just have a really, really fast defensive front with all those guys in there, and they can generate pressure quickly. I mean, Garrett had nine himself. Uh, the Bengals had three total. Uh, you know, and that's just him. I don't know what the rest of the team had, but they 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 beat they beat the stuffing out of Joe Burrow, uh, who I give him credit. He took a lot of hits and kept going, but I don't know how many times he can do that before something lands wrong or whatever. And it's week two. I mean, they've got to play the Ravens twice, the Steelers twice, the Browns again, and Washington just off the top of my head. And they've got nothing to block. Jonah Williams is okay. Um, I mean, again, he's effectively a rookie, but Jedrick Wills was better in this game than he was. Uh, So, you know, you're in for a world of hurt. This is why I, I, I thought it was stupid to release Andy Dalton. I thought you could protect Burrow this first year and basically say, we're not doing this. We're not putting him behind this because he's just going to get killed. And as good as he may be, doesn't do any good if he's dead. So, I, I you know, I, I don't know how long this is going to last. I think at some point the kid's going to break. Uh, I mean, even even at the end of the game, you know, they ran on, I think it was third and one uh, with the quarterback. And he picked up the first down, but it's just one more hit. And, you know, look, that's part of what you like about him. He is mobile, but when he's already getting killed, having him putting him in position to take more contact just feels like um, reckless with with the situation. And that is part of the thing. And look, you know, and, and the Bengals and look, you know, Pete, I think you agree and I agree. I think you're OK, Joe Burrow. This is going to hopefully open up a new error to the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to need to add more, certainly. There's no doubt about that. Um, contention? No, you're probably not in contention yet, which is fine. Um, and this is what happens when you draft a quarterback. One overall, when your offensive line is lacking, it's going to take you know, some time to build the entire foundation, so to speak. And that's kind of where the Bengals are. are. Uh, Burrow? Yeah, going to be a player. We're going to get to a little bit more here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on your postgame Lockdown Browns. I got a couple of things. I want to pick on Pete about, not really pick on him, but ask him about. We're going to get to that here in one second. This season, get all the football you need with your time on NFL Game Pass. You you can catch every snap from every game with full game replays, and you can see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game, every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concept and techniques. Learn from the likes of Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Pete, first thing for me, the the fourth and inches from the goal line. You okay with it? Uh, yeah, I love the call. I, I don't like how it was executed, but uh, I, I think 
what people spread it out. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is if we've learned anything about Nick Chubb, he is not a crowded box guy. This is the joy of him with his size and with his cut ability. Don't put him where there's just a wall of people. Put him where it's one on one or even one on two. Putting him in with you know eleven on eleven is just a mess. Well, I mean, look, you have the line you have that's been able to do so much damage in this game. You have Andy Janovich, who's really good. Uh, you have Austin Hooper, who's a good blocker. You have uh, guys you can put in there and block. Do I think they should have spread it out at least once to run the ball? Sure. I don't love the call they made on that that Odell Beckham pass uh, out to the out to the corner. Um, I, I I would have run it four times, but I I, I think. In that respect, I would have mixed it up in terms of of the uh, way they did it. Now they were going to, oddly enough, uh, when they had to call timeout uh, because they were running out of the play clock. They were trying to run counter out of a wider formation, and it was going to score. It was going to score. He was basically in the end zone. Yep. Uh, but but the idea here, the, the reason I love the call is because of what the message it sends. Uh, and, and I think this gets lost on people. They just go take the, take the points. It's a smart play. Well, one, it's not based on the math, their win percent, you know, their win likelihood would have basically gone down by kicking the field goal or not moved or barely moved. But what you're doing, you're, you're telling your offense and your defense is we have confidence. In you, we, you're telling your offense, I believe you can get this yard. We're going to do what we do and go get it. Uh, and, and you're telling your defense, look, if they can't get for whatever reason something happens and they can't get it, I know you're gonna go. You're you're not gonna let this team you know move the ball down the field. And even Miles Garrett said it on his press uh, post game that that was you know a big deal to him. And obviously they produced the strip sack and you know they they immediately score right there. But in those types of situations, I, I just don't think people realize how little a field goal is worth. Uh, in that, in terms of not just the scoreboard and what it does to help you win, but also in terms of the message you can sort of send to your team and what you're trying to develop here. What's the mentality? What's the culture you're trying to develop here? This is who we are, and this is who we're going to be. And the math says go for it. You know, the talent says go for it. You, you, you're going to bet on your guys to make it, you know, let's say 70% of the time, and this was in the 30. You know, I, again, I, you can argue with the play call. You can argue with the – the execution, but I think the call and the mentality behind it where it was exactly what you want. No, and you, you, you love it from that standpoint. For me, look, I, I am, and people always say, Jeff's all or but like it wasn't working. My thing was, is what you were going with. And I just, I hate the, but look, if you're going to run the bunch traditional goal line system, that's more Kareem Hunt. He's just got that, and I want to call it ugly, but it's the ugly running style where he can just, you know, Nick is more of a, you know, I will set you up and I'll abuse you and I will score. And, you know, eventually Miles Garrett did save the day there. Um, or look, just spread it out, throw it. I don't care um, from that standpoint. Pete, and, and yes, obviously we know this is a product of the summer. We know this is a product and we're getting short on time here. This team has to improve their tackling. It may be a product of the summer, yes, but this is going to have to happen because 
part of the missed tackles is what led to this game being closer than probably what it should have been. Um, oddly enough, the Browns were actually pretty good at tackling the Ravens. Um, for as bad as they got whooped, they were actually better at tackling in that game. So I agree. It's always an issue you want to Im- improve and keep harping on. Uh, to you, know, you, you don't need to go full contact in practice, but you, it's it's about technique. It's about emphasizing those things, um, as always. But if, if you are – your approach on this defense right now is we can't count on anything that's not named Denzel Ward who or doesn't play defensive line. So you sort of have to pick your battles with that. And if you're saying we're going to give up passes and you have Tavier Thomas in the game, for example – then you better be able to tackle because you're going to need to. So if you're saying we're going to tackle the passing game, fine, you have to be better at it. If you're going to cover the passing game, it's less concerning. But, yeah, there were too many opportunities missed. There were too many uh, tackles not secure. Joe Mixon had a couple nice uh, broken tackles. You know, they, they had some other issues with that, and they just need to do, do, do better. And that's where, you know, this team is at it. And look, you know, this stuff should improve. We'll see what they can do over 10 days. But look, you know, a lot of people figured one and one was going to be where you wanted this franchise to be after week two. Um, you know, an opportunity here for to put a little bit more on the offensive side of the ball. You know, hopefully some of this secondary will start to come back. I guess we're figuring Kevin Johnson is going to come back faster from a lacerated liver, then Greedy Williams can come back from whatever the shoulder injury is. But, um, look, feel good. Um, this is what everybody wanted. Coach Stefanski got that first W under his belt. Baker can feel better about himself. The offense as a whole can feel better about themselves. And, look, we're through two weeks here, and one thing that we are confident in in the offensive side of the ball, and we talked about this skill, Pete, you and I, the entire you know, you know, through free agency and going into this, what we thought about the skill, we're really, really impressed with the offensive line. And that's the engine, the key to what hopefully will lead to some, uh, you know, success. Pete Smith, SI.com, Browns Digest, him and his team over there doing a fantastic job on <clears throat> social media, Twitter, at Browns Digest, at, under, uh, at underscore Pete Smith, me, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. The show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. DMs are open. Follow back account, as you guys know. Questions, ideas, whatever you want to talk, you guys know. I keep my DMs open for that purpose for you all. As much time as you guys give to the show, I'll be gladly to return it to you all. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. The Browns, one and one, 35-30, win Thursday Night Football over the Cincinnati Bengals. This has been your daily delivery of all things Oakbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. Enjoy your victory Friday.